live authentically and enjoy every single moment instead of striving to get somewhere that you're not. Live in the moment, be present, and understand that where you are is exactly where you need to be. What is shaken? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 242 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am chatting with the ever lovely Lindsay Arnold. She is known by many for her time dancing on Dancing with the Stars. She is also the founder of a new workout program called The Movement Club. Think of The Movement Club as your quick hit BFF. It's got 125 plus workouts that are all 30 minutes or less ranging from dance cardio and Pilates to HIIT, yoga, and stretching. In today's episode, Lindsay talks to me about her motivation for getting into the workout space at this point, getting her certification over the pandemic, currently also working on her pre- and postnatal studies, really hoping to help women everywhere prioritize movement and encourage them to make time for themselves. She also fills me in on all of the backstory about what it was like for her coming up over the last 10 years with Dancing with the Stars, as well as how it felt to go to work during the pandemic, what was different about that season versus the seasons that came before. She also gets brutally honest about how she feels about her past dance partners as well as the toll that it has taken for her to open up about her life beyond dancing on social media. It's something that she is so grateful for, the opportunity to share everything from her life as a mom to what she's eating, what she's doing, where she's going, how she's hanging. You get the drift. But it was a big pivot, and that pivot came with a fair amount of criticism, which she speaks candidly has been pretty tough to handle. To say that Lindsay is a bright light for when we were talking, it was just truly felt like I was sitting down with a girlfriend. She is such a joy and I'm really happy that we were able to make time to do this. Make sure if you're not doing so yet, you are following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi and I have some exciting news. If you're on the West Coast, you're listening to this, I'm going to be out in LA during LA Marathon Week and I've got some events to put on your radar. So stay tuned. I can't wait to see you out there. Last but not least here, make sure if you're not yet subscribed to the weekly Hurdle newsletter, it comes out every Friday. You click the link in the show notes and get on our email list. Trust me, you won't regret it. And with that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. (laughs) 
Today, I am sitting down with Lindsay Arnold. She is known for her fabulous dancing over on Dancing with the Stars. She's also the creator of a new fitness platform called The Movement Club. How are you doing today, Linz? I'm so good. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making the time. I mean, you have nothing going on running around after (laughs) one child, another one coming in not all that long. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good, but also crazy at the same time. Because yes, there's a lot going on, but I feel like that's just life now. Like I feel like I feel like there was a time period where I was like, oh, things will slow down. But no, like that's just life. And we're just keeping up and doing the best we can every day. But it's been good. I'm feeling good. I'm very excited. This pregnancy has been pretty much identical to my first. So that's been nice because I, I just feel like I'm like, I know what to expect. Yeah. Knowing what to expect, I'm sure can be really helpful. And that makes it sound like your first one went pretty easy, question mark. So I don't really have anything to compare it to other than what people tell me. I was, I'm, I won't say I'm lucky because sometimes it's the most annoying thing ever. And maybe this is TMI, but I, I cannot throw up. Like my body, body physically does not let that process happen. So I avoided (laughs) that completely in both of my pregnancies so far, which I know can be miserable. But then there also were times where I'm like, I feel like I'd feel so much better if I could just do that. So that's, that's something that I'm like, I'm really grateful for. I definitely have had moments where I just don't feel awesome, but for the most part, and from what I've heard pregnancy can be like, I can say like, I am on the luckier end for sure. Nothing's easy about pregnancy, but like, I think I have like a pretty good situation going. (laughs) Well, I mentioned the other endeavors that you are working on right now. If you were to label a bunch of buckets, being a mom, doing career stuff, working on this fitness platform, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel like there's one bucket that you're pouring into the most at this point in time? Oh gosh. I mean, here's the thing. I don't think anything will ever top how much I pour into the bucket of motherhood, especially at this moment, um, because it is a 24-7 job. It's the one thing that you can't really stop doing. I mean, even when I'm working, I mean, literally actively right now, I am just hoping that my daughter is actually napping in her crib because that's what she's supposed to be doing, but she's probably not. She could be just playing in there, reading her book. So it's like, even when I'm working and doing other things, like motherhood is always kind of just my, it's kind of my bucket now, but I'm so grateful for that. And I love it. I'm also grateful that I can do other things because it keeps me sane. And then also growing a child really makes it hard to not have that be part of your bucket. I mean, I'm actively making a baby inside me all day. So I feel like that is my main bucket, but I truly believe that like what makes that bucket so good and what makes it work is the fact that I have other things that I can apply in my life and give myself to, to help me, you know, stay sane and to give myself like something that I can work on for me. And it's been very, very beneficial. Definitely. So in terms of being very beneficial, talk to me a little bit about how so. How has it been something that's just been so good for you? Well, if we talk about the Movement Club, my workout platform, it has been life-changing. So this has been something that I've actually been doing. It's new in the sense that I feel like we're really like, I'm really sharing it in this platform and really trying to get it out there and help people understand like, this is what I've created for y'all and I want you to join. But it's been in the works for almost two years now. It actually came about during my first pregnancy. Um, which was crazy because the fact that I decided to start 
a fitness program while pregnant was just dumb. Like literally in my mind, I was sitting there going like, why am I doing this? Like, first of all, I'm actively gaining weight. I'm actively like losing my six pack that everybody thinks you have to have for a fitness platform. And that's what drove me even more was those doubts of why I shouldn't do it were the reason that I'm like, no, that's why I have to do this. Because it just gave me this sense of like, this is how life is. This is probably how so many women feel like nervous about body changes that naturally happen, whether you're pregnant or not, and just maybe not feeling inadequate or feeling like there wasn't a platform that helped them feel like there was something that was going to meet them where they were at. And that's what kind of inspired this. So started creating the program. And I tell everybody that I credit. So I end up, I had to have a C-section with my first pregnancy and my recovery was I I can't compare it to anything because I've only had one, but it was fairly easy considering what everybody prepared me for and told me. And I credit all of that to the fact that I moved my body throughout pregnancy. And I don't say it's because I stayed in shape and I was like this hardcore trained person my whole pregnancy, but it was simply just because I kept moving my body. And that's because I was actively creating this program. I was filming workouts. I was staying consistent. I had something that was holding me accountable and it was a game changer. I believe it's why I feel like my body was able to recover a little bit quicker after pregnancy. My mental state stayed pretty strong throughout pregnancy. And I, I attribute all of that to moving my body. So this has been the biggest life-changing thing for me especially because like you mentioned my life i mean a lot of people know me for being a dancer that's what i've done my whole entire life and then when i started having babies and things shifted i found myself not dancing as much naturally like that wasn't going to be as big of a part of my life as it could have been before and so finding new ways to move my body and get that outlet has been so beneficial for me Did you feel like you struggled during that transition or were you excited to step into and own different parts of your identity? It was hard, but at the same time, I was so ready. So I'm very grateful that my husband and I, like, we really took our time. I mean, we were married for almost six years before we got pregnant. And I was really happy that we took that time because, and I, I kind of like, that was something I always wanted to do because I knew I'm like, I don't ever want to feel like I cut my, you know, career or my opportunities a little bit short just because I wanted to start a family, but I knew I wanted to have a family. So we really just like took our time and waited until it wasn't like, I think I want to have kids. It was like, no, we are ready. So the transition was hard in the sense that like, yeah, like my identity was dance, was dancing with the stars. Like that is my, that was my whole life for a very, very long time. So that change can be scary, but I was also extremely ready and super excited about the next chapter. So I feel like that kind of like softened the shift a little bit, but then finding, I think the biggest thing was then finding like my new identity and making sure that like, I didn't just hold on to that and understood like change is good and find what's new. And I still, of course, dance is always going to be a big and huge part of my life, but it's been cool to kind of see how different parts of me have come out since then. I feel like you're leading me to ask whether or not you foresee picking up dance in the same way in the years to come. So here's the thing. I didn't do this last season of Dancing with the Stars because it just didn't really work out with timing with our family, but I've never closed the door ever. And I don't think I ever will. Like, like I said, like dance, I'm, it's not my only identity, but it will always be like, it's always going to be me. That's something that is my passion, my love. Like one of my first loves was dance. So I always see myself 
if I don't go back to that exact thing, something else, like I just don't think there's any way that it will ever be out of my life. And yeah, I definitely have not closed the door on Dancing with the Stars. I just think it's going to have to be the right time for me and my family for me to go back. So we'll see kind of what happens. And truly, I just kind of take it one season at a time and see where we're at. One season at a time, one step at a time. You said yeah. a great word before in accountability. For you, how did you stay accountable when working out started to feel more challenging for you during your pregnancy journey? So a lot of things helped me. One was that I was literally like, I kind of had to because I had committed to creating this program and I'm like, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to put new videos out every single week. So in the beginning, I feel like it was that like necessity, but then it had to become a mental switch for me because like I mentioned, it's like there was this weird kind of imposter syndrome of like, why am I filming videos when I'm gaining weight and I'm losing my abs as I should be with pregnancy. Like that is exactly what should be happening. But it was this imposter syndrome of like, why am I doing like, like I should be in the best shape of my life if I'm going to be teaching and instructing people how to work out. But that's where I learned the shift of movement is for me now so much less about how it's actually not at all about how my body looks because of the way I move. It's about how it makes me feel and how mentally it can take me through the challenges of motherhood, the stresses of work life. So it was a real like kind of mentality switch that I feel like has been what has held me accountable. It's knowing that I am a better mother, a better wife, a better businesswoman, just an all around better human when I actively like move my body and stay consistent with that. And I think it's been really good to have that switch. And I hope that my program can do that for people because unfortunately, I think a lot of the focus is just so much on what it's going to make us look like or how, how much weight we're going to lose. And that's just not what I'm about at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something else really great for us to touch on here would be answering the question, well, how do I move when I feel like I just don't have it in the tank? What do you say to members of your community who come to you feeling like they are just not in the place to move their body, not in the place to get after it? I relate to this so much and only since I've had babies. Before babies, I would say like I was always in my kind of tip-top athletic shape. I was dancing consistently. I didn't really have down seasons. And it wasn't until I became pregnant that I understood that feeling fully. Those weeks that go by where you're like, I can't do anything, whether that's because you have no energy, you feel awful, or because you feel super defeated. Like, I'm not good enough. I've, I'm already too far into the hole. There's no way I'm going to get out. And something I've really tried to just like emphasize to my community and through this platform is to start and give yourself little goals to begin with. I think we can get so overwhelmed with if I'm not working out every single day for at least an hour, then I failed and I might as well just not even do it. And I hate that because anything you can do in your day, literally if it's five minutes, I believe that is something to be A, proud of and B, is going to be beneficial for your health. So that's something that I really emphasize in this program and is why the structure of my program is the way that it is. I have workouts that range from as quick as five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And actually my longest workout is 30 minutes long because in my life and in my opinion, I think sometimes less can be a lot more. I think giving ourselves smaller goals and not overwhelming ourselves with these crazy things that we have to do every single day, it then in turn kind of helps you 
get it done even more. So the biggest thing I can say to people is if they're scared about starting their fitness journey, if they're feeling like they're not good enough is to just give yourself very, very small, realistic goals. Even if that's moving your body five minutes for one day a week, start small so that you can give yourself something to feel like you accomplished and then move from there. And that is an accomplishment, right? That's something to be yeah. celebrated. You know, this is a great Absolutely. place for me to plug. Joe Holder recently came on the show and talked about what he loves to talk about, which are exercise snacks and that there's so much benefit, as you're saying here, Lindsay, to the opportunity we have each and every day just to get up for 10 minutes or five yes. minutes or do something at 11, something at two. Over time, each of those little snacks, so to speak, really does add up to a lot. So give yourself oh. that grace and move forward that way. I also oh. really love what you were saying about knowing that you, as you were at the time and as you are now in your body, you are fine as you are. You are great as you are and that you understand yes. that there is something to be said for showing up as your authentic self, not needing to be what society has deemed to be, quote unquote, perfect for being someone that's leading fitness. That can be really inspiring for some. Have you had individuals that have been motivators, inspirations, role models for you as you're stepping into this new chapter? Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, there are so many people who just kind of inspire me to keep moving. I've loved watching one of my favorite um favorite people in the fitness space is Megan Roop. And mm. honestly, she gave me so much inspiration when she got pregnant because I just looked at her as before as like this perfect fitness specimen. And she was, and then she gets pregnant and she goes through the same things that I had gone through. And it was really cool to see her still do her thing. And it really, I feel like that really kind of helped me overcome some of my like negative self-talk to myself of like, you're not in the best shape of your life. You should not be filming workout videos. Like just don't do it. So that was really cool to see another person in that space kind of doing something similar to me and just pushing through and rocking it and knowing that like she was going through the body changes, the sicknesses, the difficulty that comes with pregnant. So that was really cool to see somebody else who kind of went through that huge change and just continued pressing forward, doing what she knew what she needed to do. Yeah. Love Megan. She's been on the show before and she's absolutely wonderful. Now you spoke about getting to a place where you knew that you were ready to make this shift. You also spoke about right before that time, feeling as though you were truly in some of the best shape in your life, that a lot of the challenges that you faced once you became pregnant were challenges that you had never experienced. Growing up, did you always have an inclination toward activity? Yes. I mean, Always. I started dance when I was about three and a half years old and I never stopped. So, and when I say never stopped, meaning like by the time I was eight, I was at dance for five, six hours every single day after school, always moving my body, always doing things. And dance was that, that was my way of moving. I really didn't do anything else. So that was an interesting shift because when I graduated high school and I wasn't necessarily doing the competitive dance world anymore, going to dance with the stars and the schedule kind of shifted. It wasn't until honestly that I was like 2021 where I actually started incorporating like maybe going to the gym and doing workouts and activity outside of just dancing because that was my whole life. My whole like movement regimen was dance. But yeah, that's something that from a very young age, I've always done. And eventually it was like my passion was to move my body, but then it became my profession. That's how I made money. That's how I provided for my family was moving my body and dancing. 
Yeah. And so when you started to add other aspects of fitness and strength work into your routine, did you see a lot of challenges at first? Yes and no. So one thing that was really interesting was I just felt like I think up until that point, everything that I did surrounding moving my body, I was very knowledgeable about it. I knew everything there was to know about dance by the time I was, when I was in my, like after high school, like I felt very knowledgeable. I knew how to choreograph, teach, dance. I knew all the different styles, all the different techniques. And then all of a sudden I'm like going to a gym and I'm sitting there looking at everybody do their thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I even do, where I even begin. So it was kind of a scary place for me to be in because it was like the first time where I felt like I I didn't necessarily know what I was supposed to be doing, but I'm like, I want to do something, but I don't really have the knowledge for it. So that's where my like desire for that knowledge began. So that was kind of scary, but then also what was helpful. And I think what has helped me a lot throughout this whole Um, this whole journey is being very aware of my body, being very in tune as far as like the way your muscles work through injuries and all of those things. I think that knowledge from dance has been helpful, but then also have had to shift and learn a lot of new things as well. Right. Because over the pandemic, when you were concepting all of this, you also went and got your personal training certification. Yes, I did. And that has been so incredible. That was so grateful, so great to do. And I'm actually currently right now getting my pre and postnatal certification, which has been even more beneficial because I think that's just something that like can be very taboo is movement while pregnant. And I've been very grateful for the knowledge that I've gained and like truly learning about what you can do. Because I think the internet and everybody can scare you with information, but it's been really cool to dive into that knowledge. So then to go back to your teenage years, you actually started on So You Think You Can Dance when you auditioned at 18. Do you remember what was going through your head when you stepped on the stage for your first audition? Well, first of all, I didn't even want to go to the audition. My mom dragged me there, like practically forced me. I was so angry with her because I was like, mom, this is so embarrassing. I'm not going to make it. And then I'm going to have to tell all my friends I went to the audition and didn't make it. But thank goodness that moms are just the way they are because she was like, nope, you're doing it and we're going right now. And I remember, I think I had very low expectations, but at the same time, I was always a very, very competitive person. So like I went into it going like, I'm probably not going to make it. But like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this my all. Like I'm going for it. So it was kind of this like 50-50 mentality, but very nerve wracking. And it was the first time I'd really done anything outside of like my little dance competition world at my dance studio. So it was a definite like shift and it was scary, but gosh, I am very grateful that I went for it because that was the catalyst to my entire dancing career for sure. Which like goes on to be mega impressive. I mean, starting off right after, so you think you can dance going on a uh, 30 city tour. Yes. So what crazy. was that like? At I mean, you were so young to jump into something like that. So that was crazy. I have done, I think, five tours now since then, but that first one was something else because first of all, I'm 18. I have never lived not at my home with my parents. And now I am on a bus with like 13 other teenagers, mid twenties, like And we're just traveling the country. We're dancing every single night. We're doing our laundry in different like theaters where 
kind of fending for herself. And it was a very interesting time, but also so fun. Like I think back and some of those memories are like the best ever. But when you're in it, you're like, this is so hard. This is so rough. But I look back and I'm like, that was such a fun, pivotal time in my life and just a really cool way to like interact. And I think the craziest thing for me was being on the TV show was very cool, but you're in a studio and I mean, there's a couple hundred people in the audience. So you don't really grasp like the magnitude of what you're doing, but then you go on tour and you fill theaters with thousands and thousands of people and their fans and they're excited to see you. And that's where I feel like I kind of was like, whoa, like this is actually pretty cool what I'm able to do. And I'm really grateful that like my talent has brought me to this platform that I've only dreamed about doing for so long. So it was a very cool experience. You grew up in Utah and you live in Utah now. So in that experience, being able to literally travel all over the country, what do you recall as something that was perhaps the most overwhelming part of it all? Oh, I think so. I grew up in Utah and all of my family is here. Like I, and I'm a very family oriented, like huge homebody. I think the most overwhelming part for me was being away from family for so long. It was very tough for me. <laughs> I think it was just like, I think it was a mixture of things of like being with people that I liked, but it's not like they were my family. And there were also new friends. Like all of them were people that I had just recently met. And now I'm living with them in close quarters. They were all so awesome. But it's just, I think there was a lot of like just new things going on. And it was something that I had to really learn because then from there it was like I wasn't then home back in Utah for almost five years after that. So I think it was a good wow. like tease to get me ready for okay, hey, like this is your moment. You gotta you gotta make that jump and you gotta put on your big, big girl pants and do this thing. <laughs> yeah. 10 years has passed since your first season of Dancing with the Stars. Where were you when you got that call? I will never forget this because it was actually pretty insane. So I had just gotten back from the So You Think You Can Dance tour maybe a month prior. I was home and I had had maybe, maybe like two conversations with the producers from Dancing with the Stars. One of them initially being like, we're kind of interested in you for the season. Like, is that something you'd want to do? And it was like, yes, I am. But then not like a ton of follow up after that. And then another call where they're like, hey, like we're trying to we're just like checking availability, making sure you're still interested. Yes. OK, cool. Then I get a text. So all of this before was email, which email makes it feel very like, you know, disconnected. You're just kind of like, eh, they're probably sending this like a mass email to a bunch of people. But then I remember the day I get a text message from one of the main producers and she was like, I need to know this answer quick. How tall are you? And I was like, that's weird text back right away, get a call two minutes later. Hey, just wanted to let you know, we have a partner for you and we need you in LA tomorrow to start rehearsing with your partner. And I was like, Oh, I was like playing it so cool. Like, okay, that's great. I'll be there. Thank you. I hang up. Everyone, my mom and dad are in the room. We're sitting in their kitchen and we're just like, what am I going to freaking do? I'm in Utah. I don't have an apartment in LA. I have no, like, I didn't even like have that on my radar. Thankfully, they followed up and they're like, we know this is last minute. We're going to get you an apartment, but we do need you down here. So I packed up my car that night. I remember all of my my boyfriend, who is now my husband at the time, and like a couple of our friends came over to my house, helped me pack up literally basically my entire room because I'd be going down there for about four months, packed up my car. And the next morning I drove the 10 hour drive to LA by myself and 
started rehearsing with my partner. It was absolutely insane, but so fun. Where, uh, where, what area did you first move to? So I lived in West Hollywood pretty much the only time or like, that's the only place I lived in, in California while doing the show. Cause they film in West Hollywood. So it just makes sense to be there. I will yeah. say that's probably not ever going to be my first choice of living, but it makes sense for what I had to do. <laughs> Why do you say that? I, I think it goes back to, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm from Utah. I like open spaces. I like neighborhoods. I like family vibe. None of that in West Hollywood. <laughs> you are very <laughs> close together. There is no grass literally anywhere. So I think it was just a kind of a culture shock for me. And like, this is completely different, but it also has a lot of really fun perks. Like the food is absolutely incredible. And then I mean, that's where I do what I do. Like for what I can get done there, it is incredible. And I always say that I'm like, for what I was able to do in that, in that space, I'm so, so grateful. But if I had my choice to live somewhere in California, I don't think it would be West Hollywood. It would definitely be somewhere <laughs> like closer to the beach or something. <laughs> Sounds about right. So you yeah. had experience being on television with, so you think you can dance when you start dancing on Dancing with the Stars, is it very different for you? So yes, very different only because the workload was completely different than what I was used to on So You Think. I'm very grateful for So You Think You Can Dance because it kind of got my like my virgin dancing, like non-professional dancing mode out. Like I, I no longer was someone who had never danced on TV before or who had been interviewed on television. I feel like So You Think You Can Dance was like my little mini audition in preparation to do Dancing with the Stars because the time, by the time that came around, I felt way more confident, like talking on camera, dancing in front of people watching on TV. Like it was something that didn't feel so foreign, but the workload was totally different. On So You Think You Can Dance, I was just a dancer. I showed up, a choreographer told me what to do, and I just went out and danced. And I was also dancing with another dancer. So it was very much similar to what I'd done growing up. Like somebody gives me a piece of choreography and I perform it the best that I can. On Dancing with the Stars, it's totally different. It's I'm the teacher and I'm also the dancer and I'm also the choreographer. So I walk into a room with someone who's never done this before. I have to teach them how to do it after I choreograph what we're going to do. And then I also have to dance it with them. And then we have to get judged on it. And people are going to tell me if they think my choreography sucked or if I'm a bad teacher. So it was a lot, I would say, a lot more pressure on Dancing with the Stars because a lot of things fell on my shoulders. And I mean, well, pretty much everything fell on my shoulders. So I would say it was very different in that way. Very different in that way. And then with this platform where you are on television every week, you are also now at a point where you're starting to open yourself up to criticism, something that you know you are very familiar with these days. What have you learned over the years in handling unsolicited feedback, criticism, so on and so forth? Oh my goodness. I will say that I'm grateful to have had the practice I had back in the day because I mean I feel like back in 2013 like social media was there but it wasn't what it is now and I feel like the practice I got in all of those years leading up to what we're currently in now where social media is just this entirely new thing and the amount of crit criticism I receive on a daily basis now is absolutely insane. And I think because of those years prior where I kind of got used to it, it's been easier to handle it. I've always tried to attack criticism with a bit of humor. And I think that's something that's just kind of my personality. 
I know that that's not always the way that people can take it, but I always try to just kind of, you know, see maybe a funny side to it. Look at kind of like the, the humor in it, like, oh, wow, like I can't believe they took that much time to think about that. Or I can't believe they came up with that and try to kind of um, play it in that way. But the biggest thing that I think has helped me is just understanding and focusing more on the fact that these people don't even know me at all. And the only opinions that matter are the people who genuinely know me and that are in my life because they love me and they know who I am as a person and they care about my well-being. And so relying on that and like putting my actual energy into those opinions is what has saved me. And just understanding that no matter what I do, people are going to have an opinion. That's what I've learned the crazy. Like I used to think that criticism came because if I was doing something different, then I wouldn't be getting that criticism. But I've learned that no matter what I do, people will find a way to criticize you if they want. If that's what their energy is going towards and if that's what the kind of person that they are, they will find something. So don't worry myself over trying to change things to avoid criticism or to avoid somebody commenting something. Just live my life the way that I am. And as long as I'm being authentic to who I am and the people around me are proud of the person I am, then that's all that matters. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Bandit running. Now I've talked about Bandit on the show before, so you know that they make some of my favorite running gear. But I am not here to talk to you about their products today. Instead, I am here to talk to you about something else. Bandit just announced their second year iteration of what they call the membership. Their annual program full of benefits all geared toward passionate, goal-driven runners. For starters, the membership is mathematically designed to have you saving money after just your first or second order. So if you're going to shop with Bandit at least once or twice over the next 12 months online, or at any of their 20 different race pop-ups this year, it's essentially a no-brainer. With the membership, you get a two-pack of sick member-exclusive performance running socks and a $50 gift card to their store that never expires. You also get a standing 10% member discount and free shipping on every order. Plus, there's so much more, like a members-only store with limited edition products, early access to their drops, behind-the-scenes access via their Instagram close friends, priority customer service, and member meetups. We love community. <laughs> so head on over to banditrunning.com. That's B-A-N-D-I-T-R-U-N-N-I-N-G.com. Check out the membership and use code HURDLE20 for 20% off. Again, that code at banditrunning.com is HURDLE20 for 20% off today. Last little note, their spring line comes out on March 2nd, I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty amped, so stay tuned. Make sure to check back to the website for that, too. Also, gotta give some love to my friends at Element. I am finally amping up my mileage again. Oh my God, saying that sentence makes me so excited. And honestly, one of my favorite parts is the post-sweat element that I reach for every single time. I am a, I know this is cute, super salty sweater. So I know it is critical for me to replace the vital electrolytes I lose through sweat. And that is exactly where Element comes in. It is so delicious. 
It always boosts my energy throughout the day. And it gives me those electrolytes that I absolutely need to fuel my body before, during, and after a tough workout. Not to mention, it's zero sugar and doesn't contain any of the other junk I'd find in conventional sports drinks. So I do not have to worry about putting any harmful ingredients into my body. My favorite flavor is their orange salt, raspberry salt, close second. And the best part about Element is that it's grab and go packaging, which means it's super simple to grab a few packets and bring them with me on the move. Of course, Element has an awesome deal for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack with your purchase today. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack of all of their delicious flavors with your purchase today. You're so firm in this now. Like you're so firm in knowing the best way for you to navigate. And I'll like use air quotes here, like the haters. But was there an instance for you where you didn't feel so shiny and strong that really made you change the way that you handle your approach? Yes. So actually this, this happened in my early years of Dancing with the Stars. So it was a mixture of criticism from online and also from people in the industry. Mm. But I, so on Dancing with the Stars, there are two different kind of jobs, that, roles that you can have as a dancer. So you can go on and be a professional dancer that gets paired with a celebrity partner, or you can be a dancer that is kind of like a backup. So you don't get a partner, but you're dancing in the episodes and you're kind of like maybe in some of the group numbers or maybe in the background of some of the people's dances. It's basically like you're a background dancer. So my very first season of the show, I got paired with a celebrity partner, which is like the top. Like that's what you want. That's the job you want. And then for the next like, oh, what, what was it? Four seasons after that, I got demoted, as one would say, to the troop position, which is the background dancer. And that was a really, really tough time for me. Tough because a lot of people would comment on it and be like, oh, it's because she wasn't good enough. She didn't do a good enough job at the, being a pro. Or if she would have done this, then she probably wouldn't have done that. Or messaging me, telling me what I should be doing so that I could be a pro again. Like, Lindsay, do this this season so that you can do that. And the feedback I got from the industry and from the people kind of around me was that I didn't really have like enough. I wasn't showing enough of my personality. And that was really weird for me because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just being myself. Like, how does one show their personality if they're just being themselves. Like it kind of put me in this weird headspace and made me feel like I needed to maybe be more of something. Mm, and I feel like for a while there, I kind of chased this like personality that I thought everybody wanted me to be. And finally I was like, well, screw it. Cause it's not working and I, I'm not happy at all. So I'm just going to be myself and just be confident in that, be happy in that. And that's when I realized that it wasn't a lack of like me not having enough personality. It was just me genuinely going, you know what, like be yourself and don't worry or care about what other people think. Have confidence in yourself. Know you're enough. And crazy enough that next season I got brought back up to being a pro. Now I'm not saying that like, that was a result of that. And I don't all, and I'm also not saying that like, if you do everything right, you're going to get exactly what you want out of your career. But for me, it was such a good realization of understanding at that moment, like no matter what happens, I want to be happy. I want to be content in who I am. And if I, if being me isn't enough, then this isn't the right job for me. And that mentality, I think changed the game for me with my career, knowing that whatever I step into, if I can be genuine to myself, if it works out for me, then awesome. But if it doesn't, then that means that this wasn't the right job for me. 
we all at times struggle with being like, let's call it truly happy, right? With avoiding negative self-talk and trying not to beat down that inner critic. For you, what helped you get more comfortable in your own skin and be your authentic self? I think it was a mixture of sort of being fed up of trying so hard to be something I'm not. I think I got to the uh, like a breaking point of just being like, I am miserable. Like I am chasing something that isn't me. And then realizing like if I change who I am to get something that I want, am I even going to be happy once I get there? Or am I just going to continue living inauthentically to have this thing that I really want? And that was a huge realization for me is just like understanding that like feeling content and feeling authentic in your life is more important than anything else. And yes, it might feel good for a while for short term to get this thing that you want and kind of maybe play a role that you think is what you should be doing. But at the end of the day, it's not long-term happiness and that's what we all need and what we kind of strive for. So I think that was a big, I don't know. I feel like that was a turning point is just kind of possibly just being fed up with not being authentic. And also a huge factor was my family, my then boyfriend, but now husband saying to me like, Lindsay, like, this is not you. Like, this is not you. Like, even if this works out for you the way that you want it to, like, you're not happy. And I think that was something that was really big is leaning on the people around you who know you and listening to their advice and, you know, helping them keep you in check is something that's been really beneficial for me in my life. How did that stress manifest for you? How did it play out or Mm -hmm. impact you? I think the biggest thing was just my like literal general overall well-being and happiness. Like every day waking up felt like kind of had like a cloud over me. Like I just was like a little like muted version of who I truly was. And I also think it affected my work. Like I I know it did. I know it affected the way I was as a performer, as a dancer, because that confidence level wasn't necessarily there anymore. I think it was like very shaded and just kind of like trying to grasp at whatever it could find, but it wasn't there. And I think that it really affected the way that I approached my job every single day. And a huge thing for me was just getting stuck in negativity. I One of the biggest factors was knowing like and recognizing like how negative I was about everything. And What's crazy, I think, was at the time I was doing still what is considered one of the most incredible jobs to do as a dancer. And I was not, I was taking it for granted in a a way in the sense that I don't think I was being grateful for where I was because I was reaching so hard to get to something else. And I hate that I took any time being ungrateful for the position that I was in. I recently had a woman on the show, her name's Mina B, and she talked a lot about the concept that if you're not honest with yourself, then you are bound for self-sabotage, right? So even if you can articulate whatever it is that you think that you want, that you think that your goals are, if you're not honest with yourself about where you're at, or maybe the means that going after that goal will require, then your only destiny is to not get exactly what you want. It's so true. It's so true. This is all 10 years ago. So cue the music over a montage of your outstanding, long, lengthy career on Dancing with the Stars. What would you say has been one of the biggest lessons that you take with you from that time on the show? 
Oh my goodness. So many things. I feel like I learned so much. It's like so many good life lessons on Dancing with the Stars. This is going to sound silly, but like I am a firm believer that the patience and kind of like the endurance that I had to learn on Dancing with the Stars has helped me beyond in motherhood. <laughs> I know that's kind of a weird like connection, but the patience you have to learn on Dancing with the Stars is huge. And I'm not even saying this in a way of like, because it's just awful. I'm saying it because it requires so much patience to teach somebody a new skill that they've never done before. It requires a lot of guidance and reassurance and some empathy to really take somebody through that process. Like that is tough. I think over the years on Dance with the Stars, really becoming very empathetic and like sympathizing for my partners, not because they were doing something they didn't want to do, but because it's very tough to put yourself out there to try something new, to do it on national television, to get judged for it. And it's a very strenuous process. So the like the empathy and kind of the like the sensitivity that I learned and gained and the patience was has just been so beneficial because going into motherhood, I mean, that's every single day is patience and being sensitive and being understanding. And so that was really cool for me. But then also I think like it's one of those shows where it's live. So that show is coming around no matter what, no matter, no matter if you're ready, no matter if you finish your dance, no matter if like everything works out, whether or not like everything's fine, you're still going to perform every Monday night. There's no redos. There's no like, oh, I'm not ready. It's like, you've got to make it happen. And I'm really grateful for that because it gave me this sense of like, you can do anything. Like I truly am very, and I always tell my partners that I would tell them that like at the beginning of the week, like I know that this seems impossible, but I promise you that we're going to do this rough week and it will happen. Like it is going to happen and you will get through this. And it's been, it's been a really good like mentality through all the other stressful things in my life of like, it's going to happen. So we're going to do it and you, you can make it happen. So I think it gave me a lot of confidence in knowing that like, even when things feel like they're absolutely not going to work out, it's going to happen either way and you're going to make it happen. And that confidence has been very beneficial for me. Yeah. So it sounds like perseverance, persistence, <laughs> and really a huge lesson in accepting the things that you can't change, right? Like you're going absolutely. to have to step out and perform this dance live on national television. So you might as well make the best you can of the situation. That is such a good way of putting it because that's the truth. It's like, I can't change it no matter what. And there was a lot of things I couldn't change. I couldn't change if I got a partner that season that had a little dance experience. I couldn't, or maybe they had nothing at all. I couldn't change if they were really good at dancing or really bad at dancing. All I could do was just do what needed to be done and swerve and make adjustments and change things as we go to make it work. And I think that has been really helpful for me because life is never going to go the way you want it to. So being able to like adjust instead of shut down is a really good thing that I feel like I've been able to do from that. Yeah. And just to make sure that we clarify this, you have no insight as to who your partner is going to be until very shortly before meeting them, right? literally no insight. The earliest I've ever been told who my partner was, was like the night before a morning rehearsal where I met them. But typically <laughs> you show up to the meeting and they tell you like 10 minutes before your partner walks in the door, like, okay, this is your partner. You have no insight. You have no, like, I want this person. It's just, 
that out of your hands. And I'm very grateful though. I always say this and I feel like people don't believe me. They think I'm just saying this because I have to, but I'm like, I really don't have to say this. I have been blessed with some of the most awesome partners, not because they were all good dancers. Cause in fact, a lot <laughs> of them were terrible dancers. And I'd say that to their face. I'm not even being rude here. A lot of them were not good dancers, but the most genuine, kind, good people. And that has been a lifesaver. Cause to me that matters more than anything. I'm like, I can teach you how to dance, but I can't teach you how to be a nice person. So if you have that, then we are going to have a great season. <laughs> how would you say that the lessons of perseverance and persistence and persistence showed up for you during the pandemic? I think the persistence was just the biggest thing because understanding that like we've got to press forward and finding ways, getting creative, keeping myself busy. And that was a huge part of what pushed me into creating my program. The movement club was being in my home, pregnant for the first time, not able to go to a gym, not having any dance opportunities at the time. And really just feeling like, well, what am I going to do? I need to make sure I move my body. I need to stay sane. I need to find things for myself that I can do. And I would say that was one of the most pivotal years for me in my career. It's where I started my workout program. Um, I completely evolved and kind of changed and shift my mentality around fitness. Um, I really dove into a lot of different aspects of my career on social media and sharing on different platforms because I understood like, hey, we've got to we can't shut down. We've got to adapt. We've got to change and we've got to find what we can do to make this work and to push through this time. And I'm really grateful for that because and I think a lot of people did that. And I think it was a really pivotal time for a lot of people as well as being the most difficult time for a lot of people. But for me, I'm grateful for the changes I made during that time. What was it like for you to film Dancing with the Stars during the pandemic? So that was very interesting. Very, very different. Um, that was, so I missed the first season that they filmed during the pandemic because I was pregnant, but then the next season was still during the pandemic. Things had definitely slowed down a bit. So I know that like the protocols were even a little bit less intense as they were that time where I missed while I was pregnant, but it completely changed. It was a very different show, a different experience, mostly in the sense that we couldn't interact with any of the other um, dancers or celebrities, which is so weird because that is something about the show that is like so much what the show is about is everybody just being together, being a family, hanging out, like doing rehearsals together, sitting on the couch, eating snacks after rehearsal together. So that was definitely a different thing. But then it was also very interesting because I feel like then me and my partner relied on each other even more because it was just us. And I had the best partner that season, Matt James. He's actually, him and Rachel are actually staying at our house right now visiting. So it's like really <laughs> cool because he became a lifelong friend and it's, it's cool. So it shifted in some ways, but it was also really special in other ways. Yeah, Matt and I are friendly. So tell him Emily from Hurdle says what's up. <laughs> oh, I will. I will for sure. Yeah. We heard so much about your time during the pandemic and what it was like to be doing the same thing, albeit quite differently. You also mentioned pivoting and getting more into different types of content creation. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that's been like for you and maybe some of the challenges that have come hand in hand with that shift? Yes, I think the biggest shift was before the pandemic, which was coincidentally, literally, I found out I was pregnant two days before the world shut down. Like I was on Dancing with the Stars tour 
I remember taking the test the next day we got a, our tour manager kind of gathered us and was like, just so you know, this is happening. We were probably gonna have to pause the tour for two weeks. Cause remember it was just going to be two weeks, but he's like, we're going to probably have to send you guys home for two weeks and then we'll get you back out. And we were like, okay. Then the next day completely evolved. You're going home tomorrow. We're done with the tour. Go home. Then we go home. We kind of were waiting and like waiting to hear if we were going back out. Eventually, obviously it got completely canceled, but it's crazy how my pregnancy and the pandemic were like completely in sync at the same time. Before the pandemic, it's like anything I share on social media was, I would say 90% about dance. It was about dancing with the stars. It was just about that because I figured that's the only reason people followed me was to hear about that kind of stuff. Then going home, getting pregnant, knowing I'm like, well, I'm not going to be doing dancing with the stars next season. So are people even going to care to like see what I have to say? But then I'm like, yeah, like we're going to go for this. And it was a complete shift of like opening up a whole new world to my followers and to on all my platforms. Um, around the same time, my sisters and I started a YouTube channel, which was really special because I feel like that started to bring a new element of who I was into kind of the space. But then during the pandemic, it was huge. It shifted from talking about Dance with the Stars and dance, 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 dance to guys, I'm pregnant. Like this is my pregnant, my pregnant self and I'm going to share my journey. And that's kind of where it all started was I just decided I'm like, maybe people won't care, but I'm going to really just like go for it. I'm going to share my whole pregnancy journey. I want to let people in on my life and start to get help them get to know me a little bit more on a personal level which was scary because that definitely opened up a lot more can of worms than I was ready for. The amount of hate I've gotten since sharing about pregnancy is way more than anything else I ever dealt with in my life. Like mm. pregnancy shamers is a thing. Mom shaming is a thing. Kid shaming is a thing, which I'm like, mm. no, that should not be a thing. But I think the biggest, like the hurdle for me was just going, okay, do people even care about other parts of my life? Or do they only follow mm. me because I am this dancer from Dancing with the Stars? And I'm really grateful that I went for it because I have come to discover that it's actually been even better since I've started to open up and share my life and go into new channels and kind of expand the way that I share my life. So that was a huge shift for me. I would say it mostly started on Instagram because that was just the thing, but then really worked to grow our YouTube channel. Um, my sister and I did a podcast for a little bit. Um, starting on TikTok, even though I like tried so hard to fight it, I really did. I was like, I hate this app. I can't. And then finally I'm like, I like this app. We're totally going for it. <laughs> but I think just understanding and recognizing like people want to see authentic, genuine, real people. They don't want to see perfectly curated things. And it was comforting for me because I think for a while there, it was like, do people care about anything about me other than dancing? And also do I have to make everything look perfect in order for it to be like Instagram worthy? And I'm really grateful that I didn't because my life is not perfect. It's messy. And I think that's been the biggest, that's been the biggest positive in my social media career is just understanding that I can be fully authentic with my followers. And it's pushed me to levels that I think I didn't know I could even get to. So that's been great. It's really interesting to hear you share your hesitation in that because at the top of this, we are talking about you owning all of these pivots and really stepping into with excitement this chapter of motherhood and content and like all of the different business ventures and the movement club. Like there was so much excitement there. But then to hear you express this hesitancy about sharing all of that with people online. It's refreshing and it's beautiful. And I would be curious to know what advice you would offer to others who are trying to embrace being their fully authentic self. 
It is so true. I'm glad you brought that up because I think like right now I'm just so grateful for all the things I have going on. I love them all, but it's kind of interesting to go back to those times of like, I almost didn't do this. I almost just let my doubts kind of take over. And I think that's the advice that I would give is if there is something that you think you might want to try, you cannot not try it. Like what is the worst thing that could happen? See, I am the kind of person that I would rather try something and understand it's not for me, then never try it and always wonder if it would have worked out. And so that I think is like something that I really harp on people is just try, like just give it a shot. You never know where it's going to take you. And when I started this and when I said, oh, I'm going to try, it's not like I foresaw exactly the way that this went. I never would have guessed it. I never would have said, this is where I'm going to really like succeed. This is where I'm going to start diving into. This is going to be the shifts I make. But all I did was attacked it genuinely and gave it my best shot. And it kind of naturally will fall into place for you. So I think advice is to go for it, but then also understand that things might shift in ways you didn't understand and to just ride the wave and to see where it takes you and not get so set or specific on like, it has to be like this because it might not be, but it might be even better than you imagined. What is the most surprising thing that's come with this shift for you? I think the biggest thing is that I am able to create a career for myself, um, provide for myself and my family while living in my home, living in Utah, finding things that allow me to still be a full-time mom and still work and get all the things and all my passions in. I think there's this, there used to be this huge mentality and kind of like scary factor of me of like, once I'm a mom, I can't do anything. Like I'm done. And I've done more. I would say my career is busier since becoming a mom than it ever was before. And I'm talking with Dancing with the Stars too. Like my days are filled. I have things going on all the time. And yeah, a lot of that is being a mom, but it's like, you can do it all. And I think that's been really good for me to understand because I think it can be scary and you can think like, oh, well, once you have a mom, once you're a mom, you're either done or there's that if you're a working mom, then you're a terrible mom. And I hate that mm. because you can do both. You can absolutely be killing it in your career and attack it and go after your dreams and pursue your passions and be a great mother at the same time. And it's really cool that I've been able to do it. But I think it is shocking because I kind of always thought like, well, crap, if I want to provide, if I want to work, I've got to be doing Dancing with the Stars for the rest of my life, moving out to LA four months out of the year and leaving my family. But I'm really grateful that my career has been able to shift and I can still do that, but I can also do other things for the times where it doesn't work for me to be doing that. Yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about identity in our conversation today. If someone goes to your social media page, they see uh, Dancing with the Stars Pro, you're a mom. Uh, you also now have this workout program with the Movement Club. When you look in the mirror, though, what is it that you see looking back at you? Oh, my goodness. That is a very good question and something I don't really think about very often. But I would say right now I am very like proud of myself as a mother who is pursuing her passions, who is finding ways to do what she loves. Cause that I think is just the scariest thing about motherhood. And something I was very scared of is just worrying, like, am I going to lose who I am through all of this? Am I going to then just become somebody's caretaker and forget to take care of myself and forget to do things for myself? And that has not happened at all. I am very grateful that I found ways to stay true to who I am, to give back to me while also giving to 
the little creature that I created that I love more than anything in this whole entire world. And so I think that's what I see is someone who is just like striving every day. I'm not trying to say in any way that I am nailing it all the time because I am definitely not. But I think I just see someone who literally wakes up every day and just strives to do her best, strives to get it all done and show up where she can and be the best version of herself and whatever it is that's coming for that day. When you think about a year from now, what does happiness look like for you? Oh my goodness. I just hope that I can continue because thinking about a year from now, I'm not going to lie, like the big shift of knowing that we're going to two kids very soon is is a bit daunting. And I know it's going to completely shake up everything I've got going right now. Like what I have figured out for my life right now is about to get a huge shift. And I just hope that in a year, I still have this mentality of just like taking everything a day at a time and showing up where I can. I kind of went through this a little bit um, about six months ago, just this constant feeling of like feeling like I wasn't enough and I wasn't getting enough done and always thinking about what I wasn't doing instead of just doing what I could and being proud of that. And since shifting that mindset, I've found that I've been able to show up in ways that I didn't think I could ever do. And so I hope I can keep that mentality. I'm sure it's going to waver and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of shifts and resets. I'm going to have to check myself every once in a while, but I hope that I can just be very proud of wherever I'm at in a year from now and know that I've definitely done the best that I could. How do you squash that I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough gremlin? Truthfully, I feel like I have to attack it in different ways depending on the day. And like totally. I said, like I'm not perfect at it. It's like some weeks I go through the whole week and I'm like, I am a rock star and I can do everything. And then the next week I'm like, I can't get anything done. I failed. This whole week was a bust. I think it really goes back to like for me at least, is taking it day by day. Not looking at the week as a whole, not looking at what I didn't finish, like comparing it to what I've done in the past is really just taking it by that day. Wake up, look in the mirror, say, let's do this, let's crush it, whatever comes our way, let's just try to make it and get through and show up the best that we can. And that's been a huge help for me. Some people are really good at maybe planning out their whole weeks, but for me, that's something that kind of overwhelms me and makes me feel like I failed before I've even had the chance to do it. So taking things a day at a time and really just showing up where I can has been very good for me. Being able to articulate that though, right? Like knowing that the ladder, the I'm going to plan a week in advance gives you anxiety is what we were talking about before. It's being honest with yourself so that you can yes. make the progress that you desire. Yes, absolutely. It's setting like realistic expectations. And I think like I social media can be so tough because truthfully, like there are so many times where being on social media, seeing other people is what like triggers my insecurity. Seeing these people post TikToks about how they plan out and map out their whole week and then they absolutely nail their whole week. It makes me feel inadequate, but then that's what works for them and that's okay and that's great, but don't give myself expectations that I know I'm not going to meet because then why? Why? Why would I do set myself up to be discouraged instead of just saying, okay, what will inspire me and encourage me today rather than make me feel stressed out or anxious? So I think it's that fine balance of understanding that just because someone's doing it some way doesn't mean it's the only way and it also doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. It's just that's what works for them. Find what works for you. Find what works for you. All right. We're winding down here, Lindsay. Right now, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice. Looking back at 
let's call it those first couple years on Dancing with the Stars, navigating a lot of feedback and stepping in to your authentic self. You have an opportunity to offer that, Lindsay, a piece of advice in that hurl moment, knowing what you know now. What do you tell her? Oh, my goodness. I think I think I would tell her to understand that there is so much coming for you and a lot of it is going to be stuff that you don't have on your wish list and that is perfectly okay. And I think just telling her to ride each wave as it comes, see where it takes you, live authentically and enjoy every single moment instead of striving to get somewhere that you're not. Live in the moment, be present and understand that where you are is exactly where you need to be. I think that would have been really helpful and would have helped me enjoy a lot of maybe tough moments in my life instead of looking at them like they were just miserable trials that I would never get out of. Yeah. Every hurdle happens to teach us something. Lindsay, I'm so happy that we were able to connect today. How did the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give us all of your details. Yes. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Linz Arnold. You can follow my workout program on Instagram and on TikTok. I share a bunch of like daily workout tips, some quick workouts that you can do from home at the Movement Club. And then you can sign up for my program um, at movementclub.com. So very excited. Hopefully you guys will come join the program. You can do a seven-day free trial. So you can just see if it's something that is right for you and test it out. Love that. I'm over at Emily Body and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs> 